أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمد الشاكرين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد طب القلوب ودوائها ونور الأبصار وضيائها وعافية الأبدان وشفائها وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد كلما ذكرك الذاكرون وغفل عن ذكرك الغافلون We reached verse 84 of Surah Al-Baqarah The theme of which so far within Surah Al-Baqarah From the very beginning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned اقسام الناس the types of people And then after mentioning اقسام الناس Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed humanity in general, and bringing them back to belief in Al-Iman Billahi Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, which is the innate state of humanity, Al-Fitra, the inward state of a human being, is to believe in Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And then within humanity, a specific group is addressed, Bani Israel, the progeny of Yaqub that resided in Al-Madinatul Munawwarah at the time, the revelation of Surah Al-Baqarah, of course, is the longest chapter in Al-Quran Al-Kareem and the most diverse chapter because within Surah Al-Baqarah you find Al-Amru wa Nahyu, the command and prohibition, you find Al-Qasas, the stories, you find Amthal Al-Quran, the similitudes of the Quran, various Ahkam, legal rulings, uh, verses relating to Al-Asma wa Sifat the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when Bani Israel is addressed, Bani Israel is addressed with regard to their history and the ahkam which were revealed and how they behaved towards the Anbiya, the Prophets والسلام, This is what admonition for Bani Israel who lived in Al-Madinatul Munawrah at the time but also admonition for the Ummah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam till the end of time, until the taking, the raising up of Al-Quran Al-Kareem. Until that time, this is, a, is an admonition for the Ummah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to take lessons. So the Rabd, the connection of the verses, all the verses are connected. As we know, all the Suwar Al-Quran, all the ver- chapters of the Quran are interconnected. Likewise, the verses of the Qur'an are all interconnected. They all have a link with the verse before them and a link with the verse after them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَكُمْ So this verse comes after the previous verse. The previous verse was when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the mithaq with Bani Yisrael. Mithaq was is a covenant. Uh, the word is from the letters waw, tha, and qaf. Al-withaq is like a contract. And mithaq is when you tie something from two ways, meaning a binding contract from both groups. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded them, ordered them to carry out certain commands, and they agreed, meaning they adopted that with their own free will. Because when a person agrees to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his own volition, with his own free will, then he demonstrates his true love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Like if you had two people, one person you tied in chains and you pull him and you forcibly make him do things, that person has never demonstrated true, true love. But another person, you command him to do things, he has free will, yet he, he carries out intifalul amr, he carries out the command. This entails true love for the one who is commanding. So on earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a free will. With that free will, we exercise that free will and oppose the desires, the shahwat, in order to obey our master. This demonstrates true love on our part. So mithaq is a contract. Within that contract with Bani Israel, they were commanded, لا تعبدون إلا الله That you do not worship except Allah, meaning you establish tawheed, oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After tawheed, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا That you exemplify and demonstrate perfection towards your parents, meaning perfect behavior towards your parents, al-walidayn. And also what is mentioned, ذِي qurba, those who are closely tied, kith and kin, those who have ties, bondship of what? Of the womb they are related to. And also wal-yatama, the orphans, wal-masakeen, and the masakeen, those who are impoverished, impoverished to the point that I mentioned the word al-masakeen is from sukun to be still, that they do not even have enough money to clothe themselves. They do not have enough money to even feed themselves, so they cannot even move. Stillness, so they're described as al-masakeen. And also, waqulu lil-nasi husna, say to people husna, good words. And I gave the example that when Sayyiduna Musa salam and Sayyiduna Harun salam were commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to approach Fir'aun, they were commanded say to him a soft word. Meaning that a tyrant like Fir'aun, they were told to speak softly in order that the admonition penetrates the heart. This is different to tamalluq. What is tamalluq? When you speak softly, but you do not tell the truth. So you can give da'wah in a soft way, but you do not change the message. You can preach to a person and not tamper the message, but you say politely, but you stick to the truth. So different to a tamalluq, uh, which is changing the ways, uh, the message itself. وَقُولُوا لِلنَّاسِ husna, And they would command it, وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ Establish your prayers. And I mentioned the wisdom of salah five times a day. That we were created with shahwat. We were created with bestiality. We were, we were created with the animalistic nature. Also alongside with an angelic nature. To remind us of the angelic nature, we pray five times a day. And also to keep the bestial nature in check in order that we do not permit the desires to overwhelm the angelic nature which is a ruh as opposed to the nafs the nafs is what resides in the stomach and the private parts these desires are what people fulfill this is why people they die for acquisition of wealth they die for acquisition of status why because status gives them 
those desires that they want from society. But when a person relies upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he establishes his prayers. وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ وَآتُ الزَّكَاةَ And give your zakat. These were the promises that they made to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is a zakat? A zakat is a social responsibility. That one of the maqasid al-shari'a, the purpose behind the sharia is that to alleviate poverty. Maqasid al-shari'a, we know that some of the fuqaha, they have mentioned five, some have mentioned six. One of them is saving life. One of them is to preserve wealth. But the maqasid, the purpose behind zakat is to alleviate poverty. So if it does not fulfill that purpose, when people give zakat, sometimes to some organizations, they redistribute that zakat, that zakat within their own organization. That, that bypasses and undermines the maqsidu sharia, the purpose of the sharia, which is to alleviate poverty. So, wa'atu zakata. Then what happened? Thumma tawallaytum. Then you turned away. Illa qalila. Except a small group from amongst you, minkum. Wa'antum mu'aridun. And your turning away was in such a way that you turned your backs. Meaning mu'aridun. I'rad is when you turn your back towards someone. Meaning you turned away completely. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the verse that we have reached in verse 84 states, وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَكُمْ And when we took an additional covenant, meaning additional to those awamir, commands, those commands that were mentioned, additional to that, وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَكُمْ لَا تَسْفِكُونَ دِمَاءَكُمْ Firstly, لا تسفكون دماءكم سفك الدماء سفك is to shed blood لا تسفكون that you will not shed blood دماءكم your own blood دماءكم so how can they shed their own blood because when Israel were numerous tribes 12 tribes they were all interconnected to the point that when you shed blood of one tribe it is as if you shed the blood of yourself. Similarly, when they shed the blood of one another, meaning they kill one another, it was as if they were killing themselves, shedding their own blood. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a part of the covenant was what? لا تسفكون دماءكم You do not shed the blood of one another. And again, this is admonition for the Muslims till the end of times, until the Quran is raised that do not shed the blood of one another. Today, life has become cheap for people to the point that they deem killing someone as something small, insignificant. When life is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no person has the right to remove that right to life. Even ta'zir, which is the discretional punishment of the leader, which is a strike or a blow, a common person does not have the right to apply that law, to apply discretional punishment, meaning to take the law into your own hands. The only time Safkud Dima was legislated was number one in jihad, which is what? Prevention of zulm, of oppression. And the second one is Hudud punishments when the conditions are met. And in, the, in both cases, the ruler 
is responsible. The ruler is tasked to ensure the correct application of those ahkam, those legal rulings. لا تسفكون دماءكم ولا تخرجون أنفسكم من دياركم. An additional point to that mithaq is what? ولا تخرجون and you will not forcefully exile or take out أنفسكم yourselves meaning one group will forcefully exile another group من دياركم from your homes. ديار is plural of uh, dar, which uh, diar is abodes. You will not forcefully remove one group from amongst you, forcefully exile them. Now, they agreed to these points in the covenant, in the law that was revealed in the Torah. What was that law? You cannot shed blood and you cannot forcefully extract one group and then make them leave. Like what happens today in many countries, like in Burma, where a minority, a group, is living in a country and you forcefully exile that group. It happened in Darul Islam in cases where if the jizya was not paid or the covenant was violated, then people would be exiled. Like Banu Nadir. Some of the Jewish tribes, they were exiled from Al-Madinat Al-Munawrah after they nullified the contracts. They did not fulfill the contracts that they had made in Al-Madinat Al-Munawrah. But the Bani Israel, the Al-Yahud were told, you do not kill amongst yourselves and one group does not exile another group. So what happened? Iqrar is to affirm. Aqrar to be shay' means what? I affirm this. So if you go to a court and you do al-iqrar with the qaf, the two dotted qaf, it means acceptance of responsibility. So in kutub al-fiqh, in the books of jurisprudence, they have kitab al-iqrar. When a man is taken to court and he accepts responsibility, this is known as al-iqrar. So they accepted this responsibility of this covenant. وَأَنْتُمْ تَشْهَدُونَ And you were observing, meaning you were observers. Were the people in Al-Madinatul Munawrah, the Bani Israel in Al-Madinatul Munawrah, observers? The answer is no. But their ancestors were from amongst those who observed this covenant. When the covenant was made at the tongue of Anbiya or the tongues, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alayhi salam, who conveyed the covenant, they accepted. وَأَنْتُمْ تَشْهَدُونَ And you were observers to this covenant that was made. What is additionally mentioned with regard to this covenant? ثُمَّ أَنْتُمْ هَأُولَاءِ ثُمَّ Meaning, ثُمَّ is a continuation Antum, meaning addressing them. Thumma antum haulai are those same people. Haulai is from ulai those, and ha is litambih to alert haulai. So then you are those same people. Which same people? Taktuluna anfusakum. Then you killed amongst yourselves. Now, taktuluna anfusakum literally means you killed yourselves, but it 
it entails here that you violated this contract, that you began killing amongst yourselves. What happened actually is that Banu Quraidha, which is one of the Jewish tribes, Banu Quraidha, they aligned themselves with Al-Aws. And Banu Nadir, which is another Jewish tribe, they align themselves with Al-Khazraj. Who is Al-Aws? Al-Aws is, Al-Aws and Al-Khazraj are the two tribes that were settled in Al-Madinatul Munawarah, who later became known as Al-Ansar, the helpers, the companions of the, the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Wasallam. So they had continuous warfare amongst themselves, Al-Aws wal Khazraj. And Banu Quraidha aligned themselves with one. Banu Nadir aligned themselves with the other. When they would go to war, they would take captives. So Quraidha would take captives from an Nadir. Jews taking Jewish captives, or you could say Bani Israel, progeny of Yaqub taking captives from the opposing tribe. Not to be confused, this specific group of Al-Yahud are not the Ashkenazi Jews. The Ashkenazi Jews that you have today, that make up the majority of the Israeli population, they are actually Turkic in origin, from Central Asia. They are what? Ashkenazi. Khazar Jews, from, from Khazar. Khazar is Turkic, a Turkic empire that existed between modern-day Russia and the Islamic or Byzantine, the Byzantine Roman Empire and the Muslim Caliphate. Between the two, you had the Khazar tribe. The Khazar tribe, they adopted Judaism to protect themselves from the Christians in the north and the Muslims in the south. When their empires vanquished a few hundred years later, they migrated to Europe and settled in places like Poland. So today you have Benjamin Netanyahu, who is in fact Turkic in origin. So these are Ashkenazi Jews who are Khazar. The Sephardic Jews, they have the blood of Bani Israel, the Eastern Jews, the darker Jews. They are the real Bani Israel from amongst them. They have the blood of Bani Israel, but the majority of Bani Israel became Muslim. When Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu an exiled them from Al-Madinatul Munawrah, from Khaybar, they went to Asham, Bilad, Sham and other areas and many of them became Muslim. So their bloodlines became submerged within the Arabs. But the remaining Bani Israel that we have, they are in the state of Israel, but the state of Israel which is composed, comprises of a majority of what? Khazar Jews. So they are not referred to as Bani Israel. They can be referred to as Al-Yahud. Why are they referred to as Al-Yahud? Because there is a distinction between Al-Yahud and Bani Israel. You can be a Muslim and Bani Israel, but you cannot be Al-Yahudi and Muslim because Al-Yahud is an ideology. It's, a, uh, it's an identification, ascribing yourself to an ideology. So, there is a distinction between Judaism and being from Bani Israel.
So when the address is to Bani Israel, it can be general to a racial group also. But when, when the Quran says, وَقَالَتِ الْيَهُودِ The Jews say, a person can be racially something else, but he adopts Judaism as an ideology, like the Ashkenazi Jews. Or the Zionist Christians, or, or so-called Zionist Muslims, because you cannot be a Zionist and a Muslim. They contradict one another. It's like saying a Muslim Freemason. You can never be a Freemason and a Muslim. You, you go out the fold of Islam by adopting free Masonic ideology. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us, Then you are those taqtuluna anfusakum, that you kill amongst yourselves. Meaning when the Al-Aws and Al-Khazraj had war, you went to war. You took different sides. You killed one another. And this is why when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam entered Al-Madinatul Munawarah and united between Al-Aws and Al-Khazraj, this impacted Al-Yahud in Al-Madinatul Munawarah, the unity of the two tribes. It also impacted the Munafiqeen like Abdullah bin Ubay, who intended to become the king of the Arabs within Al-Madinatul Munawarah, but his plots were foiled when Islam entered. And this is why many times they attempted to sow discord amongst Al-Aws wal Khazraj. There are many stories in the seerah when a group of Al-Aws and a group of Al-Khazraj, they begin to fight amongst themselves until Rasulullah sallallahu settles the dispute. So they killed amongst themselves وَتُخْرِجُونَ فَرِيقًا مِنْكُمْ مِنْ دِيَارِهِمْ And you would exile, تُخْرِجُونَ from إِخْرَاج to take someone out, فَرِيقًا مِنْكُمْ A group from amongst yourselves, meaning you would persecute a group from amongst yourselves, مِنْ دِيَارِهِمْ from their homes, from their abodes where they lived. And this was prohibited. تَظَاهَرُونَ عَلَيْهِمْ بِالْإِثْمِ تَظَاهَرُونَ now the word tawaharun, vahara is he appeared. But tawaharun, what it entails is that you supported one another, meaning in this case, Banu and Nadir, they supported one tribe. Uh, when they supported one tribe from the Aus, uh, then they supported them in what? Al-Ithm, in sinning. Which, what was the sin? Killing one another and also extracting them from their abodes. Tawaharun. So the word is from to be apparent, but Tawaharun would come in the meaning of what? Supporting one another. Why? Because when a person comes out to support another person, uh, he comes out and therefore the word is known as Tawahara. Tawaharun. تَظَاهَرُونَ عَلَيْهِمْ بِالْإِثْمِ Firstly with sin, al-ith. وَالْعُدْوَان What is al-udwan? We know that the word al-ada is enemies. Al-adu is enemy. So with enmity, with sinning and enmity, fighting one another, amongst one another, which is also haram upon the Muslims. There are condemnations of this throughout al-Quran al-Kareem. But we also find condemnations Within Surah Al-Hujurat, Surah Al-Hujurat, which will, inshallah, we shall reach later, 
the chambers, Al-Hujurat is in reference to the chambers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But like there are chambers, the chapter itself contains numerous chambers. Hujra is one room and Al-Hujurat is numerous rooms. The chapter itself contains rooms like the prohibition of backbiting is in Surah Al-Hujurat. The prohibition of slander is in Surah Al-Hujurat. The prohibition of mocking, mocking one another is found in Surah Al-Hujurat. The prohibition of taking up arms against one another is found in Surah Al-Hujurat, meaning the chapter has a theme like all the chapters of Al-Quran Al-Kareem have an individual theme. So here Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, that you would oppose them supporting Al-Awsan Al-Khazraj with what? Al-Ithm and Al-Udwan sinning and what? Oppression, Al-Udwan, enmity and when they would arrive to you when these people would come to you as prisoners Usara now note uh, Usara here is with the Alif Maqsura, Usara, plural, of prisoner. So when they would arrive to you as prisoners, this form of the word entails that when they would come to you fettered in chains, because prisoners are two types. One prisoner you tie with rope or with chains, and another type of prisoner you take without chains. So when in the battle of Badr, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam commanded the companions to untie the prisoners, meaning leniency was demonstrated, the leniency of Islam. But in this case, when those prisoners would arrive tied up, and when they would come to you, this word in is for condition, and when, ya'tukum. Meaning it was Ya'tuna, the noon is dropped because of the in. وَإِن يَأْتُوكُمْ usara as prisoners تُفَادُوهُمْ You would compensate for them. So this made no sense to the Arabs at that time. How would they compensate? When one of the Yahud would war against another faction, they would take them as prisoners and then they would pay or when the Al-Aus, the Arabs, would want compensation for the prisoners from the opposing Arabs. But the Jews who had aligned with those same Arabs would pay for them and release the Jews. So this made no sense. They would align with this, the Arabs, imprison the fellow Jews, but when the compensation was needed for those same Jewish prisoners, the same Jews who had aligned themselves with the Arabs, they would pay for the com compensation meaning a contradiction, and the Arabs condemned this. So they said, why did you take up arms against your fellow Jews or fellow Bani Israel? They said, so we do not break our alliances with the Arabs. And this, of course, this type of politics continues to this day amongst them, both Arabs and Jews, meaning when the Arabs fight one another. And then the Yahud will align themselves and take sides. Or when the communists, the communists, when they over, when the, the Bolshevik revolution, the majority of the Bolsheviks 
the leadership were Jewish. There was no conspiracy, they just happened to be Jewish. And similarly, uh, the Jewish leadership uh, or the Jewish bankers in the West were the ones who opposed them. Meaning this politics of this continues. And it confounds so many people that to this day people make conspiracy theories of a Jewish conspiracy, of a global Jewish conspiracy. There's no Jewish global conspiracy. It just happens to be that the rich bankers that happen to be so rich happen to be Jewish. It doesn't entail all the Jews uh, are involved in a conspiracy or it doesn't entail those who were uh, massacred in Germany that they were a part of that conspiracy. No, you have masses of Jewish people who are unaware of so many things. The, meaning the lay person from amongst the Jews. But here they did this at that time also. Tufadum, you would compensate for them. Tufadum, if you notice, the root word is from Fidya. Fidya, in the month of Ramadan, what happens when a person is unable to fast in the month of Ramadan? He gives what? Fidya. This was prohibited upon you. Meaning what was prohibited? To fight one another, to take prisoners, and then you contradict yourself by paying ransom for the same prisoners that you fought and you imprisoned. It was haram in the first place for you to exile them from their homes. Muharramun from Tahrim, Haram. Now this is important. Do you believe with some of the books, some of the revelation? And then you disbelieve in some? And this is important. Why? Because the state of some of the Muslims is like that also. Do you believe in some of the Quran, some of the ahkam of the Quran, and then Then you reject some of them. So when we are displayed, what is displayed was ahkam al-Quran, the legal rulings of the Quran, we accept what is suitable for us, but we permit that which is unsuitable. So in today's day and age, Barring women from their inheritance, a common practice. Barring women from their rights, hukuk given to them in the Quran. Similarly, someone, they may deny the prohibition of a riba, usury, and think that governance demands today that usury be permitted. Similarly, some people may deny the prohibition of what? Of tabarruj, which is the opposite of hijab. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibits women to go out without what? Without the jalabib, the jilbab, covering that which covers the entire body, the contours of the body. People deny this. So, kitab? Do you believe in some of the Al-Kitab, meaning they were condemned for this. There was a condemnation of the Jews. You believe in some of the Kitab, what was revealed upon you, a Torah, and then you disbelieve in some, like the Protestant church, that they permit interest-based banking, and also the Catholic church, which then 
complied with that later after the Renaissance and the so-called Enlightenment, that their verdicts on interest-based banking changed, believing in some of the teachings of the Bible and rejecting some. And this is a warning for the Muslims, that do you believe in some of the book, meaning the Quran, and you reject other rulings? So, أَفَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِبَعْدِ الْكِتَابِ Do you believe in some of the book? وَتَكْفُرُونَ بِبَعْدِ and then you disbelieve in some. فَمَا جَزَاءُ مَنْ يَفْعَلُ ذَلِكَ مِنْكُمْ إِلَّا خِزْيٌ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا What is the jaza? فَمَا جَزَاءُ Jaza is the compensation for something. You behave in a particular way, you will have a compensation of that behavior. What is the compensation? مَنْ يَفْعَلُ ذَلِكَ Of the one who does that, meaning the one ذَلِكَ in reference to what has been mentioned, that you believe in some of the book and you reject some of the book, what is the compensation of such people? Except disgrace in the worldly life. Meaning, today if Muslims, they apply some of the Sharia and they reject other parts because it's not suitable, then they will face disgrace. So if we have like Islamic Republic of Pakistan, Yet they elect a woman to be head of state, or they permit. Of course, Islamic and Republic is a contradiction in the first place. But then after that, the constitution has so many, uh, what is referred to as banud, the constitutional points that contradict Islam. Then what will you face? Khizyun, you'll face disgrace. Or like in Saudi Arabia, where... Under the name of Islam, the flag has Al-Kalimatul Sharifa with the sword. But for over 90 years, uh, the application of the Sharia is being undermined. And likewise, all the nation states, the Muslim nation states, the majority Muslim nation states, the majority of them. إِلَّا مَنْ رَحِمَ رَبِّي They plug into the IMF, the World Bank, take interest-based loans, do not have the Sunnah currency of gold and silver, which leads to high inflation, do not apply the correct taxes of Sharia, the correct taxes. They apply the Western-style economic system. And then the purpose of the Islamic tax is for redistribution, that the wealth must be redistributed again amongst the population within one year. Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu an, when the Baytul Mal, the public treasury would be emptied, he would have the Baytul Mal sweeped up. Then he would pray two rak'at out of thankfulness, two cycles of prayer out of thankfulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he was able to empty out the Baytul Mal meaning distribute the money amongst the poor. So the purpose of Islamic taxation will serve two purposes. One is to alleviate poverty. The recipients of the first tax are whom? The group under the poverty line, which are mentioned in the Quran. That's the first recipient. The second is the, the beneficiaries are the entire population, the second type of taxing. The beneficiaries are the entire population, what we refer to as public services and other things. 
But the money can never be utilized by the head of state upon himself or the government upon itself, except in administration purposes. But this is just one aspect of nizam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the governance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is the uh, economic governance. But then there is also the punishments, al-hudud, that for instance, the rape cases that happen in Pakistan, the punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Al-Quran Al-Kareem for rape is what? That the person who is a rapist, his right hand be cut off, his left foot be cut off, then he be placed upon what? A crucif- he, placed, he be crucified. He be crucified until he dies. Meaning he stays hanging until he dies for a rapist. But this law is never applied. Imagine they applied this law in countries like Pakistan. Women would be safe. Meaning instead of placing chemical castration, a rapist, his right hand is amputated. Then his left hand, uh, left foot is amputated. And then he's placed upon what? Uh, uh, he's placed crucified. Until what? Until he dies. For rape. For molestation of children. Imagine they applied that to all those people who carry out molestation of children in the madrasas. Madrasas which are not even under the authority of the awqaf, the Islamic awqaf, which is the public welfare. They should be administered correctly. So that is the correct punishment for a rapist or a a molester. Not the had of uh, 80 lashes and stoning, that's for us, for zunat, for those who commit adultery or uh, zina, fornication. That's for them. But a rapist or a molester, they are what? Crucified. If the conditions of proving the case are established. So the hudud of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala undermined also by what? By taking out loans from Western nations and then they undermine the law within that country. So what will happen when you believe in some of the book, some of the Quran and you reject some of the Quran and in the case of the Bani Israel, they believed in some of the Torah and they rejected some of the Torah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, illa khizyum fil hayati dunya. You will only face what? Disgrace, khizyun dunya in the worldly life. So we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards believers in the worldly life for the good actions they do. They receive khair. They receive khair in the dunya also. And then in the akhirah, they will have a multiplied reward. And such people, meaning some the such people who Accept some of the book, some of the Quran, and reject some of the Quran, or accept some of a Torah in their case, and reject some of the Torah. وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ On the day of judgment. يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ الْقِيَامَةِ This word الْقِيَامَةِ is from Qiyam to stand up. Because on that day, everyone will be standing up in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Annexation of two words, Yawm to Al-Qiyamah, and the day of judgment, what will happen to them? 
Yuraduna ila ashaddil adab. They will be returned back. Yuradun. Radda yaruddu also to reject. But yurad or yuradun, they will be returned back ila ashaddil adab to most intense punishment. Why? Because this is the worst type of hypocrisy. Believing in some of the book and rejecting some. It's a contradiction. It's a contradiction like we observe the contradiction in perennialist philosophy. The belief that all the religions lead to an eternal truth. So Hinduism leads to a truth according to them. Christianity leads to an eternal truth, meaning guidance, salvation. Judaism, Buddhism, and Islam, all of these. This is a pre the perennialist philosophy. It's an internal contradiction. It contradicts itself within. Similarly, Christian theology is a contradiction, belief in a worship of man. That is essentially what Christianity is. And in the case of Anglican Christianity, it's just secularism in the guise of Christianity. So this internal contradiction, because of this, adopting that internal contradiction for monetary gain, or worldly fame, then the person faces what? Khizyum fil hayat dunya, disgrace in the worldly life. And then on the day of judgment, yuraduna ila ashaddil azab. On the day of judgment, they will be taken back to an intense punishment. Why? Meaning you opposed your intellect in accepting al Islam as it is, because Islam as it is gives you what? It gives you hayatun tayyiba, a worldly pure life, worldly pure life. But it also gives you salvation in al-akhirah. And when you oppose the mind, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will afflict you with what? Khizum fil hayati dunya. Disgrace in the worldly life and also on the day of judgment, yuraduna ila ashaddil adab. They will be returned back to an intense punishment. وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ and this again is repeated, and Allah is not. Now the word ghafil, bi ghafilin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not negligent, meaning you can never ascribe negligence to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's al-alim. Al-alim is the one who knows everything, even minute things. So for someone to say uh, relativity, and quantum theory that God, meaning Stephen Hawking, he said words to the effect that he could not believe that God can compatibilize between quantum theory and relativity, which he referred to as the theory of everything. Or believe in a creator who knows, who can predict, or a creator that knows what movement atoms will make next. This, of course, is absurd. Because if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not have the attribute of al-ilm, then he would be unable to create the universe. Because the one who is ascribed with al-jahl, ignorance, is unable to create. So, وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not bighafilin, is not negligent. عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ Of what you carry out, meaning your actions. Like absurd fatwas that we have today. There's one absurd fatwa. That someone gave that when our zakat, zakatul amwal is collected, 
كان ده زكاة الأموال be collected and distributed amongst the U by the UN. And there is a mufti who gave the fatwa for the recognition of the state of Israel, illegal state of Israel, but at the same time he has given a fatwa that you, you are permitted to give your zakat to the UN and the UN distributes your zakat. Replacing thereby the UN with the Khalifa. When the task of the Khalifa is to collect the zakatul amwal and then distribute the zakatul amwal amongst the fuqara and masakin and the eight groups of people mentioned in the verse in Surah At-Tawbah. This is not the task of a kafir body which is known as the UN. The UN is just after the League of Nations finished and from 1944 to 1945, the same Western imperial powers reorganized themselves or reshaped themselves into creating bodies to control the world. How? Through making a body known as the UN, the IMF and the World Bank. And other bodies, the NATO is another body. And then the nation states, the countries that they left, so the Mughal dynasty, they leave, they give you an Indian flag, a Pakistani flag, and later in 1971, a Bangladeshi flag. And your, your national language from Bangladeshi to Urdu to Hindi. And then they give you an inflated currency, which has no real value, and a flag and a national anthem. And then you become part of a system known as the UN. How can that UN replace a Khalifa who takes the zakat and he distributes the same zakat amongst the fuqara? They cannot replace that. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not negligent of what you do. Such people, they face khizyum fil hayati dunya, disgrace in the worldly life, and on the day of judgment, yuraduna ila ashaddil adhab, because they oppose what the intellect tells us and what the revelation tells us. The intellect is just a tool that throws light but the revelation is the guidance. What is the revelation? Al-Quran Al-Kareem and its explanation, the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Wasallam. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says after this, Ula'ika and those, meaning those people who do this, dunya. So look within the same verse, it tells you the, the symptom that they have. The illness. What is the illness? They are those people, meaning which people who believe in some of the book and reject other aspects. They bought the worldly life. Uh, the word ishtara is to buy. So it's like a marketplace. Do you want the akhirah or do you want the dunya? They bought the worldly life. Al hayat. Is from life and a dunya this dunya why is it referred to as a dunya one of the reasons it, it is from dunu what is dunu dunu is proximity the world that we live in is close to us but another etymological reasoning for the word to be known as dunya is from dani dani is re, the, something low something repugnant so uh, they bought what the worldly life. This worldly life, meaning a person may live from 20 to 70 years, 20 to 70 years, short period on earth, 
they bought this worldly life. Bil akhirati, with the hereafter. So bil akhirati, the ba enters on what is given away. So you sell your hereafter, and you buy the worldly life. So these people who change the ahkam of Allah subhanahu wa taala, they buy the worldly life for the al akhirah, like. Young people who adopt LGBT as a lifestyle. Now it's become a lifestyle. A philosophical lifestyle. You become a part of a cultic community known as the LGBT community. That works like a cult. It may criticize religion. But they themselves behave like a cult. So... Young people who adopt that, they abandon Islam. If they do not abandon Islam, they abandon Islam as a lifestyle. Islam is a daily lifestyle. You wake up in the morning, you worship Allah. You Abdullah because the Abd of Allah is the free person. Because when he worships Allah, he doesn't worship the self. He doesn't worship the makhluk. He worships Allah. He doesn't follow man's law. He follows the law of Allah. He doesn't apply man's law, he applies the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he worships Allah in the morning, even the use of the miswak, the wudu, the garment the person chooses to wear, the awrad, litanies a person may read after Salatul Fajr, the recitation of the Quran, the behavior in the home, entering the home, saying assalamu alaikum, leaving the home with dua, Ad'iyah, supplications. Ad'iyah being the plural of dua. Going to the masjid, it's a lifestyle. But when someone adopts a different lifestyle, they adopt LGBTQ lifestyle, they abandon all of this for a worldly life. So they may enjoy this for a few years in their youth, but the youth is finished soon. Then you'll see the state of such people when they catch HIV. And the immune system breaks down. Those support groups do not be there when a person is on a lonely road of uh, lonely road of AIDS and HIV, or other STDs associated with that behavior. But it's selling. They have chizyum fil hayati dunya, disgrace in the worldly life, and they what? Ishtarawul hayat dunya bil They bought the worldly life. For the Akhirah, they gave away the Akhirah. This LGBTQ, but also other things. If a person becomes an atheist, he abandons Islam. person becomes a Christian, he abandons Islam. In all of these cases, if you look, those replacements that you've adopted, whether it's communism, whether it's atheism, whether it's Christianity, whether it's LGBT as a philosophy, Zionism, you'll find internal flaws, consistent flaws, contradictions, but the, the main reason for abandoning Islam is what? Buying the worldly life. There will be some material gain that they would have. Those people, meaning the, those who have been described, they are those who have bought the worldly life with the hereafter. فَلَا يُخَفَّفُ عَنْهُمُ الْعَذَابُ فَلَا يُخَفَّفُ Takhfif is to lighten something. 
will not be lightened, made what? A light punishment. It will not be made a light punishment. Remember, those angels that punish, they have no empathy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created angels that punish with no empathy. فَلَا يُخَفَّفُ تَخْفِيفُ عَنْهُمُ الْعَذَابُ From them the punishment. وَلَا هُمْ يُنْصَرُونَ And neither will they be helped. Meaning at that time, when the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala occurs, there is no support group. You cannot ring a certain number and say, I'm being persecuted by the angels. No. In the dunya and in the akhirah. And they will not be helped. Remember al-adhab, I mentioned the word al-adhab is from azb. Al-ma'ul azb, water which is azb, is described as azb because it cuts off thirst. Al-ma'ul azb, it cuts off thirst. Al-adhab cuts off what? It cuts off the sin, al-adhab, yaqta'u, it cuts it off, therefore it's described as al-adhab. Wala hum yunsarun, and at that point they will not be helped. But in the dunya they have a choice, to make a choice between truth and falsehood. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابَ So again, this has a rabd, a connection. That all these ahkam, these legal rulings, that we are also obliged to follow. So we as Muslims are, are obliged. La ta'abuduna illallah. You do not worship except Allah, meaning you do not associate shirk, polytheism, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You establish tawheed. And also, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ ihsana. And with your parents, you demonstrate what? The state of perfection. And all those other things which were mentioned, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned Sayyiduna Musa alayhi salam that these ahkam were revealed to Sayyiduna Musa alayhi salam. وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابَ That we gave Musa alayhi salam al-kitab meaning the revelation. وَقَفَّيْنَا مِنْ بَعْدِهِ بِالرُّسُلِ قَفَّيْنَا We followed up. قَفَّيْنَا The qafa is the nape of the neck. The back of the neck. Is qafa. When someone follows someone, he can see the qafa, the nape of the neck. Waqafayna, we followed him up. Meaning, after Musa salam, there were numerous prophets, anbiya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to Bani Israel. Waqafayna min ba'dihi bir rusul. We followed up after him bir rusul. A rusul is messengers, different to al anbiya. All rusul are anbiya, but not all anbiya are rusul. Anbiya are prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that may revive a previous sharia. But a rusul, messengers are those who bring a new sharia. In total, some of them have said there have been 313 rusul, messengers, 313. That means 313 revelations. And then a rusul, 124,000 anbiya. More or less, depending on the riwayat. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, after we sent Musa salam, we followed up with messengers. Why? Because Bani Israel, remember all the nations of the earth, prophets and messengers were sent. 
but the most was sent to Bani Israel because they had the most corruption. Not because as they believe, they, the God's chosen people, meaning they believe it's a racial uh, superiority. When Allah's religion, Al-Islam, has no racial superiority, there will be virtues found in different races. Virtues, but no superiority. Like you've, the most virtuous of all nations is the Arabs. Because of their language and other traits, like generosity. They had all these virtues. But there is no superiority of an Arab over an African because of him being an Arab. It's because of what? taqwa That the most noble amongst you is the one who has the most what? Taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they say, Atqaakum was whom Sayyiduna Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu This is how he attained the superiority. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَآتَيْنَا عِيسَ بْنَ مَرْيَمَ الْبَيِّنَاتِ That we gave Isa ibn Maryam al-bayyinat clear exposition so inshallah from next week we will continue from this verse jazallahu anna sayyidina muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallama ma huwa ahlu subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursalin walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin